We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's move on to some team stuff, Ryan. Let's move on to some team stuff. Obviously, some more bad news for Notre Dame. Uh, An expression I think we probably read more on the message board last night than any others. This is why we can't have nice things or why can't we have nice things? But actually, a little bit of good news today, if we're being honest. So Marcus Freeman announced today that that Jarrett Patterson uh, has a sprained foot, uh, Notre Dame uh, team captain, or at least was a team captain last year. We would anticipate him being a a team captain again today or this year, I should say. Uh, and starting left guard Jarrett Patterson is now out with a sprained foot. Uh, Coach Freeman said today in his press conference that he expects him to be out 10 days mm-hmm. and then reevaluate and see where he's going. He is questionable for the Ohio State game. I I would pro- just – okay, so that's what Notre Dame said. Me personally, from some of the intel I've gathered, I would say I'd probably – I was expecting him to say doubtful or out. Mm. So for him to say questionable is a – we're in a better place today than we were yesterday in regard to the news we were getting about Jared Patterson. Uh, so, you know, some of the, and this is what, you know, we held off. We said, look, we're not going to talk about this. And this is why, because if we would have reported last night, what we were heard, we would have heard been told he's going to miss the first three to four games of the year. That's what we were told. Yeah. And this is why you wait to see how things are going. Let all the medical stuff happen, get the second opinions, you know, let the swelling here heal so they can get a better look at it. I mean, there's all types of things that have to happen. And and so when you when you look at when you look at kind of where things are with that, it's actually kind of a positive sign. Having said that, even if he plays against Ohio State, he's not going to be one hundred percent. So you're either going to get a not one hundred percent Jarrett Patterson, or you're going to get Jarrett Patterson's replacement. So I think that to me is kind of where you know this is a a little bit of a question mark. And we kind of hinted a little bit about this yesterday in our O line conversation, but. The reality is, is that this is going to put a lot of pressure on the other offensive linemen, Ryan, especially, in my opinion, Zeke Carell and the tackles. This is going to put a lot of pressure on them to really be on top of their game when they get to September 3rd against Ohio State. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I think so. I think that, you know, there is a, I think there was a comfortability with the move back of Zeke Carell for in, for a second there, Brian, because you're like, okay, you have Jared Patterson, who's incredibly experienced so to his left. You have Josh Luck, who's very experienced to his right. Like that gives you a lot of confidence. Now you're going to be working with, at left guard. And they announced that, that, you know, Coach Freeman talked about a couple of the potential replacements. They said that, that Andrew Gustafic is one of the guys that has been working in as well as Rocco Spindler. Obviously, Andrew Gustafson just played a lot of football last year, right? So that does give you some positivity to the fact right. of like, hey, injuries stink. There's no doubt. It, it's very unfortunate that it happened. But if Jared Patterson is going to miss the game, at least you have one option on top of another talented player that has played a lot of football in the past, right? Like that was the mm-hmm. – we said it was the silver lining to last year was although the offensive line was a mess, didn't play very well, a lot of guys did play. So there's experience there behind Jared Patterson with a guy like an Andrew Christophic and then maybe a Rocco Spindler, depending on who wins the backup to be the key backup there in right. case in case they do have to move on. So it's unsettling. It is. I mean, if we're talking about just being down a really good football player, but the positive is that you do have some depth behind him that you feel pretty decent about, you know, like you, mm-hmm. you feel okay about right. I I personally would just be like, if this is just my opinion, if Jared Patterson's out and Andrew Christophic plays, it's not the end of the world. I, I think Andrew Christophic could do a solid job. Yeah, I think I think Ryan. It come, for me, it comes down to like, look, you're not going to be as good without Jared Patterson, sure. right? It's kind of like the Keon Keeley thing. Like, like let's not sit here and pretend like after we've talked about Jared Patterson maybe being a day one, day two pick, and all this other. Like, no, no, no. Look, totally fine, totally fine, not having him in the game. It's a blow. Sure. I think what the what where we come to is it's a blow for the opener. I mean, I, I don't think the next three games are really games where you're worried about losing because you don't have Jarrett Patterson. But for the opener, it's a big blow. Mm-hmm. So for me, it comes down to yes, I think Andrew Christophic can step into left guard and, and play quality football. Yeah. Uh, Coach Freeman also said Rocco Spindler is another name that's battling for that position. 
One of two things is true in this instance. If that's what happens, either A, Andrew Kristoffic is not playing as well as he did last year, or Rocco has really upped his game. Hopefully it is the latter. I believe it's the latter. You know, but I, I would expect Andrew Kristoffic to be the guy. I doubt Notre Dame wants to go into that game with basically in an, an entire in, new interior of guys that haven't played there in a, those positions in a while. I think Andrew Kristoffic could do for this line what he did last year, be a steadying force. He wasn't great last year. He was just steady. But what you can't – you're not going to beat Ohio State with steady offensive line play, right? I mean, that's a fact. So what this does is now it puts a lot of pressure on the other two interior players to raise their game against Ohio State. Yeah. Josh Lug has to have a big game against Ohio State. Zeke Carell has to have a big game against Ohio State. You and I anticipate the tackles are going to. We, we, we're comfortable with where the tackles are. But Andrew Kristoffic has to do, be who he was last year. But more importantly, Carell and Lug have to raise their level of play. Because we saw in the bowl game, the pass pro against Oklahoma State was pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. really good, actually. Couldn't run the football. And so now you're talking about, you know, three of the four to five starters from that game are back at the positions they played in that bowl game. The coaching is better, but it isn't, it can't just be Harry Heastan being here is like the end all be all. Guys have to raise their level of play. I think that's what we need to see. And over the next 10 ga- days, we'll, we'll, we'll get to see that. The good news is, right? The, well, not the good news. The uh, blessing in disguise for Notre Dame is Jared Patterson missed all the spring with a pec, t- pec tear. So this unit has worked together without him a lot yes. in the last four months, five months, right? So they've the worked, whole spring. They've worked a lot more without him than with him. So, yeah. It's a good point. Wrong. I mean, yeah. the, the start, if if Christophic's the starter or Rocco plays, the reality is Notre Dame will have a lot of work with that starting lineup than they would have with a starting lineup with Jarrett Patterson in it as far as where guys are in their current positions. Yeah, that still doesn't mean they're better off without him. They are better off with Jarrett Patterson. End of statement. Period. Nothing else to say. I don't think anybody would question that. No, either, but yeah. no. I just <laughs> want to make sure people aren't don't think we're saying that. Right. But what we are saying is the good news is is that it's not like you've now got two weeks and two days to figure out this offensive line. This group has played together a lot, mm-hmm. and that's the news. So the communication will be smooth, right? I mean, Andrew Kristoffic spent a lot of time communicating with Joe Walt last year. I mean, they literally started side by side for what the final six games of the season, seven games of the season. So there's communication. They played together in the spring. Rocco got a decent number of snaps in the spring because Andrew was a little banged up late in the spring. Rocco got a lot of first team reps. So this is not new. Like throwing Rocco out to get some first team reps in this competition isn't like, oh my gosh, I'm now getting first team reps. He got first team reps in the spring. So it's just more of a this is a bad thing for Notre Dame, but here's why we think they're going to be okay because this unit's played a lot together. I think when you get in trouble with the offensive line, Ryan, is when you have an injury to a guy that's kind of been there and all of a sudden you're like, okay, what we now have? we're starting <laughs> over from scratch, right? right. That's where – because communication and timing are two incredibly important things for an offensive line. That's mm-hmm. why we're stressing the fact that this is – this is going to be a smooth transition from a timing and communication standpoint. It's not a smooth transition saying Andrew Kostovic's as good as Jarrett Patterson. It's more about can this unit play as one over the next two weeks without Jarrett Patterson? I'm not worried about that. The question is, is will other people raise their level of execution 
now that Jarrett's out? I think that's the big question for me, Ryan. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is a question because you're also putting a lot of pressure on. I mean, we talk, we keep, we keep talking about these tackles like they're just a hundred percent. They're going to be dudes, you know. And it's like, I think they are, but yeah. it still needs to happen, right? Like the maturation needs to happen. The one thing I'll say though about it, Brian, is I was actually very happy to hear this news from Jared Patterson's perspective because admit because of everything we were hearing, and then this is just a, a fault in my mind. But as soon as I hear something with a foot as an offensive lineman. Yeah. I'm like, Oh no, man. I hope he didn't break something or tear something. Or do-. I was like, okay, thankfully it's just a sprain. You know, you don't want him to miss a game at all, but I thought that it could have been a whole lot worse for Jared Patterson. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that it's not nearly as big an issue as we once thought it was. Yeah. So they're gonna have to figure that out. There was some good news today. And now we'll kind of transition to that. It's kind of like, Hey, let's just get the, uh, I don't know how you are, but whenever someone has asked me like, Hey, um, would you rather get the good news first or the bad news first? I'm like, give me the bad news first. Like, I want to end, a, I want to get deal with that emotion and then move on to the positive. So that's just me, and that's the way that we're going today. If I could add one negative thing before we move on to the positive, is that one more note is that Michael Carmody is working through concussion protocol. Correct. Just so everybody is, is did not, is, anybody did not listen to yeah. Mark's and he's been out for a little bit because when yeah. we did the offensive line video last week at the practice mm-hmm. we were at last week, he was in street clothes. Yeah. So he has been out for a little bit. And so the good news is, is Marcus Freeman said that next week, which means a week, a well, over a week in advance of the Ohio State game, that they plan on taking the red jersey off of Logan Dix. That means he's cleared to play mm-hmm. at that point in time. It's basically what that means. It means he can go out there and test the shoulder a little bit, and then and then the final step is officially getting cleared. So, Ryan, when we were talking about this offense in the summer, we were working with the understanding that Logan Diggs was going to be out for at least a month. You know, we were hoping he'd get it back in October. Now you're talking about getting him back in the opener. Between that, I've heard Chris Tyree has been his normal explosive self, and I've heard Audric Estime has been a man in fall camp. Now you, if you can get Logan Diggs back, you start saying like, okay, you're down Jared Patterson, but we got a running back back that we think is pretty good that we weren't expecting to have. I think that to me uh, was a very positive sign because you've you've said all along. I agree with you that if this all running back depth chart is healthy, you know, mm-hmm. even this is post Jadaren Price going down. If the rest of this running back group can stay healthy, it has a chance to be one of the five to eight to ten best running back groups in the country it, from a production impact all around play standpoint. So this is huge for Notre Dame. Oh, it's absolutely huge. I mean, again, just kind of coupling all the talents together of an estimate with a Chris Tyree, with a potential return of Logan Diggs, I think it's massive. And I would say this too. I mean, you mentioned a little bit, Brian. It's like when we originally heard this injury and just kind of hearing some tea leaves, I am very surprised that he's getting back this quick, man. Like he made, Mm -hmm. and shout out to Logan, man. He made a very quick recovery in this regard, right? So this is huge. And I know we always worry about shoulder injuries with running backs and lowering level and doing all that type of stuff. But the fact that he's been able to come back this quick and confidently, I mean, yeah. we saw him just working through the bag drills. And I'm like, man, he doesn't look like he has too much, yeah. too much, uh, too much worry in that shoulder no. in him too. Right. So big time news for Notre Dame. If Notre Dame is going to have a legitimate chance to beat the Ohio state Buckeyes, they're going to have to establish something in the run game, right? They're going to have to chip away at that defense and I think if Lo- if you have Logan Diggs, that adds more fuel to the arsenal to be able to potentially do so. So it's an absolutely yeah. huge, huge potential comeback for Logan Diggs and a huge addition for Notre Dame that we at one point were probably not expecting for game one. 
Marcus Freeman had some comments today about Tobias Merriweather as well. And you could just kind of, when you watch, you watch the press conference, you could kind of see him. I felt maybe I'm reading too much into this. <laughs> you could just kind of see him like, okay, I want to praise him, but I got to hold back a little bit. Like you could just kind of see him getting fired up a little bit about Tobias. Uh, he mentioned he was, that he made he was some big time a little bit. They he had a scrimmage a today, bit. right? That's yeah. what come from. And we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit, but you could just kind of see him be like, okay, like we got ourselves a football player. Like, and, and, and every coach has that moment, right? Like with a young guy that's got to step up and emerge, you have it to where like, okay, I think this kid can be really good, but the lights got to go on. And then there's that day in, in fall camp and you hope that it's later. Cause you know, you don't really care what a kid does the first three days. Cause he's fresh. He hasn't been hit yet. And all that kind of, you know, we have full pads on. You hope that you can get to the middle of fall camp and be like, okay, he's starting to come along. He's really, he's, and he talked about pushing past the freshman wall. That is a very real thing, mm-hmm. a very real thing. And hear him push back that. And then in today's scrimmage, which Coach Freeman said is kind of the last big scrimmage they had, I think is, I thought I re- heard him say that correctly. He's, he said, if, if I remember correctly, that this would be the last like full contact going to the yeah. grounds opportunity right. until the first right. game. Yeah. So they'll have some scrimmage periods, but not like this. And they had officials and all that kind of stuff. And 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 for him to step up and make some big time plays in this, which Coach Freeman said, we've had some other people kind of reach out and say like, yo, this kid is really coming along, is a great great sign. So hearing that was big. The other thing he noted is that the offense won the scrimmage today. Mm-hmm. So I've done some further digging on this, and apparently this is the second time in a row that they've had a scrimmage, like a live setting where the offense has won the battle. The defense was ahead of the offense for a while. Uh, the offense is starting to come along. And a comment that I had heard today, I've now talked to three different people about this, is that, that this last week for Tyler Buckner has been really, really good. And the defense is, uh, I think I was told, like um, basically every time that the first team offense was on the field today, they scored basically. So that's uh, that's a great sign because we know the defense is good, right? I mean, we know the defense is good. Um, No, all but one, because there was the, the the interception that that, that, that Tyler Buckner had on third down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But uh, you know, so, so he's looked really good. He's coming along. He's more comfortable. I think now that he's the, the battle is kind of over you, you wonder, okay, where's the young quarterback going to go? Is he going to be like, okay, I've arrived. You know, like, I always think of the scene from the program, right? Like, you know, starting defense, seating the table, like, like getting first in the depth chart was like the goal. And now that I'm there, it's like, okay, I've, I've accomplished my goal. No, 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 no. You, that's just the first step. Like, now it's time to go accomplish your goal. So you wonder, like, where would he be as a young player? And from what I have been told, he has really kind of, okay, now that this is over with, now it's time for me to really go take control of this thing. And so far last week, we've heard that now. I promise you, we will hear intel about how he had a crap practice in the, at some point in time between now and then. That's just the nature of fall camp. But to hear he's stringing some really good practices along now against a pretty good defense is, I think, a really good sign for Notre Dame and the direction this is going. And that was a question I asked Coach Freeman today. It's like, look, you know, the offensive coaches want to dominate the scrimmage. The defensive coaches want to dominate the scrimmage. As a head coach, you're like, okay, I don't really want necessarily either side to dominate. Right. Uh, you know, but you're starting to hear the defense controlled action early. The offense is now starting to control the action. You're, it's going to swing back and forth. That's a really good sign coming out of fall camp, Ryan. If you're trying to look at it from a head coaching standpoint, you're, you're here. Both sides of the ball are doing what they need to do, and that's a great, great sign. Well, I think the most positive is the trajectory of everything. I, I remember you were talking about last year, right, Brian? It's like the 
defense is just killing the offense. And you're like, wow, either this defense is amazing or this offense isn't very good. And it kind of was a little bit of both, right? Mm -hmm. Like the offense just was not great this year, last year. This year, it's a really positive sign because you expected the defense to be really good. So you went into the spring and the defense started out hot. They were ahead of the offense. But the fact that the offense has now come back and to be able to kind of reverse that momentum a little bit in the spring. After all the injuries. Yeah. Because they didn't have Jared Patterson today. They didn't have Avery Davis today. I'm pretty sure Joe Wilkins is still not back the full go. I, I would be surprised right. if I heard he was out there today. Logan Diggs yeah. obviously isn't right. in contact right. yet. Like, yeah, right. exactly. So the fact that that's the trajectory we're going on, and we already knew that Notre Dame was going to have a good to very good defense, that gives me a really positive yeah. sign because clearly the offense has taken their step forward. It hasn't right. just been like staying a steady pace and maybe there's no separation. Like the offense is clearly – taken the challenge and been like okay we know the defense is ahead of us right now we need to fight back and we have a lot of obviously you know we keep talking about this sophomore heavy team right and you just mentioned Tobias Merriweather who's only a freshman so there's some younger guys on the offensive side of the football who are you know kind of easing along and I I feel like this is a really good trajectory too especially with this last scrimmage because you want guys to start to not peak, but to play their best near the end of camp to get ready for the season. So I right. think this is a great sign for the offense, just a trajectory that they're moving on. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of really where you need to be, Ryan, is is you don't necessarily want to start fall camp off blazing fast because you're like, okay, can you really maintain this level of play? Uh, and, and like you said, like last year, the defense was so good. I think, and I, I will contend this, no one's going to change my mind from this. I think part of the reason the defense struggled so much in the first two games is because of how bad the offense was, because of how how they just dominate him in the trenches. You know, the, the receivers not being able to get off press, those type of things. Like, like Sean Davis and I were talking last night, and it's just like, how sad is it that we're hearing a fifth year senior talk about a release package? You know, they have a release package now for the first time. (laughs) Freaking five years in and they got a release package now. You know, it's like, how the heck did this almost cursed? How the heck did this team win 11 games last year? They have talent. That's how they won freaking 11 games last year. But I think that's the thing now is, you know, Mike Mickens crew is being challenged in a way they weren't last year, not just with athleticism, but these kids are learning how to play. You know, Al Washington's unit is being challenged this year way more than Mike Elson's was last year. It's not Mike Elson's fault. It's not the defensive defensive team's fault. Right. It's like, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good, man. It's like, you know, uh, you just then you realize like, oh, no, it's not that I'm that good. It's like this. these guys are that bad. Or I am that good, but I haven't been pushed to the level I need to be pushed to be successful because I was able to get away with things because that team, that unit sucked. That's like when you play a bad team, you know, you say like, Remember the New Mexico game a couple years ago? Notre Dame like won like sixty six to what was it, like thirteen or something, ten or something like that. Davies, you really watch yeah. that game, you're like, they didn't really play that well, especially on offense. Like, you know, Javon McKinley isn't catching a three yard crossing route and breaking forty seven tackles against Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson. It's like you know, you're not. I mean, they're running like a simple jet sweep, and like New Mexico has no clue what's going on, and they're running for easy touchdowns. Like that team sucked. I felt the same way about when they played UMass a few years ago. Yes. That? I was like, they yeah. weren't that I mean, impressive against UMass. Yeah, they were let so off a freaking 82-yard touchdown run. If it, if it's not for C.J. Sanders ripping off a punt return at the end of the first half, it was like 20 to 20 at halftime. Yeah. They were just yeah. terrible. Same thing with Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you want to be challenged, right? Because that's how you really get to know where you are. And and from what we've heard, both units are pushing each other. It's, it's a back and forth. And that's really where you want to be. 
you know, as a defensive coordinator, you don't want your guys dominating scrimmages every single time. Now, I mean, you don't want to get dominated either, but there's sometimes like, you know what? Good. We needed to get exposed here because I know we've been getting away with stuff and now we're not. And so, you know, I think those are the different things for me uh, that, that I like to hear. And, you know, and like some people, you know, may ask like, well, you, you know, coach Freeman's explaining the, 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 the interception that he threw, like to me, I know where coach Freeman's coming from because he's a defensive coach, but for me, I don't mind that, no. you know, it's like, because if, if I'm coach Reese, I don't mind that. So what he basically said was he was trying to make a, as he got near the inbounds, he tried, he kind of threw across his body trying to make a play and Tariq Bracey picked him off. There's coaching to be done there, but you don't want to break that spirit of always looking to make a play. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, part of the two is where's the ball. You know what I mean? Like, and and where did he get picked off? If you're at midfield and the, the ball, situation yeah, and if, and if right. he th- throws the ball 15 yards downfield, it gets intercepted, and the guy's tackled 35. I don't mind that as much. Mm-hmm. If you're at your own 35, or you're potentially in field goal range, or maybe you're in four down territory, yeah, you don't throw that pick. You know, so there's a time and a place where I like that aggressiveness, and so I think those are the things that Tyler needs to learn. So as we've said all along, I want to hear that he's throwing those kind of interceptions in practice. Because now he knows, can't do that, right? But this is what you can do, because remember this play that you made the other day, right? Where you don't want to throw across your body is by the time you get to the sideline. Where you may throw across your body is about halfway between the, the, the pocket and the sideline, because that's when there's still openings, right? And, and, and that's the thing you're like, I, I, my, you know, I've got some highlights on my college tape where I'm throwing across my body. And one time I'm kind of thrown and a guy flies over me, right? Worked out well. But I also have a play on my highlight tape where I tried to throw a, across my body near the goal, near the end zone, or not near, near the sideline, and I got picked off because at that point in time, they're just sitting there, they're not flowing to the ball anymore. Like you got nowhere else to go, dude. I'm I'm not going to keep chasing you to the sideline. You keep running if you're a defensive back. Those are parts of the learning process too for Tyler. But mm-hmm. he did that around other dominance, and I think that's the encouraging thing. 100%. So um, you love hearing that. You definitely love hearing that. And uh, here the offense is starting to make some plays. So I, I think those are, those are, you know, uh, Alan English says, wait, why are interception on your highlight tape, Brian? It wasn't a highlight tape. It was sort of like a, you know, kind of putting my season together, like things I need to improve upon, you know, things I didn't improve upon. So like my highlight tape has only that, but like I also put cut ups because again, this is VHS. It wasn't, it wasn't easy to carry a whole bunch of VHS tapes back home when, you know, when you're at a D3 school, like I could just get on the computer, you know, and do this, but more of like the, my own teaching tapes, you know, when I go home and work over the summer and, and you know, we didn't do summer school at college and all that kind of stuff. We had to go home and work because we were paying our own way to school. Uh, but yes, Alan, that, that is, that is what I was referring VHSs to. VHSs are awful. Can we, yeah, can we have a quick terrible. tangent on that? When, when he used no. to like, tear up the the tape and in the vcr and it was awful not great not great another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. And so those are some positives that we heard from the team today. Uh, obviously, you like hearing when uh, 
you like hearing when the offense is kind of coming along. Those are certainly, 100%. certainly positive things. And, you know, because at the end of the day, that's going to be the key, right? I mean, the, there's talent receiver. Okay. They got to come along. Lorenzo Styles has to be more assertive, has to be more consistent, right? They need Tobias Merriweather to grow up in a hurry. They need Xavier Watts, who's now back at receiver play. And this is what Coach Freeman says. He's kind of doing a little bit of both. Uh, mm-hmm. But I expect him to have a shot to play this year. I expect him to play this year. You know, the tight ends are coming along. I keep hearing good things about uh, Eli Raritan and Holden Stakes. They're going to play this year. They're mm-hmm. going to play this year. The running backs are doing well. It's just depth. That's the concern, right? Like, oh. e- even right now, Ryan, I, I have no da- doubt about the talent that this offense has. It's like you're at the point now where, like, okay, you can't afford to lose another receiver. You can't afford to lose, lose another back or an offensive lineman. I think that's where we are right now. Yeah, no, and we knew going into the the fall after the spring, we knew that there were positive signs for the offense, but they obviously needed to continue to develop because that this is from our breakdown. This is the volatile side side of the football. We think that we have a pretty good understanding of what defense can be. I think there's still a higher ceiling, obviously there, but there's a bigger chasm from a floor ceiling perspective on how good the offense can be. So mm-hmm. we need to see growth in that department. Nice to see, you know, we heard some good things about some of the wide receivers, like you said. Nice to hear about Logan Diggs. It looks like things are trending pretty well outside of the Jared Patterson news. And I know Jaden Thomas has been kind of limited to the bite. Sure. With, with the, the That's my and, big concern there. Yeah, yeah. Like, love hearing what Jaden's done. Love that he was so good in the first scrim for the first practice. But in two of the last me- two of the last three or four media openings, he's been on the bike, not yeah. practicing. And they say it's like a minor, what did he say, like a what hamstring the, pull or something. Yeah, but it's like some yeah. degree, which supposedly isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. But the reality is that's a kid that needs reps, and yes. he's not getting them. And when we talked about Jaden last week, what was the thing that, that I mentioned in the breakdown I read? It's just not healthy. Yeah. He hasn't played, a, you know, didn't play a full season in, in 2020, partly because of COVID, but he was battling turf toe all year. Didn't play a whole season in 2019 because he, I think it was a knee injury. I think. I could be wrong on that. You know, so it's like, that's the big question mark of Jaden Thomas. Can he answer the bell every week? And they're going to need him to. They don't have the depth for him not to. Because Deion Colsey's out right now with a, a knee strain. He should be back next week, I, I think, is from what I'm hearing. But they they need to they need to figure that out. I mean, they 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 need to get him healthy. And this is, you know, people, people were kind of saying some like some snarky things this summer. Like, well, you know, you guys talk about talent that this team is. and But then you say Brian Kelly, you know, wasn't doing a good job recruiting. This is it right here. I mean, this is the deal. The fact that there's still a gap between the one and the two at so many positions and how you're just flat out thin at other positions and you're counting on you need freshmen to step into so many other spots if there's an injury, that's the problem. Yes. And and that's where Notre Dame is right now. I think the 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 premier programs, it's like if a if a freshman comes in and is a dude at Alabama, right? Like Alabama's gonna play them because they have no problem with playing freshmen. But it's also, Brian, I mean, with the depth that they have, they, they don't need them to be the mm-hmm. dude as freshmen. It's just the fact that they are. Right. The freshman's going to come into Notre Dame and be so good that he has to play, fantastic. But it, the, the simple fact is if they're not that guy, you shouldn't have to depend on them right out of the bat, right? And that, mm-hmm. that's – I mean, you talk about we, we've talked about the wide receiver room at, at nauseum at this point. Like you are a couple recruiting classes away from restoring th- – the depth in that room, if we're being honest, from a numbers perspective. And that is a fault of the previous staff. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what we want to say about it, that there, there is lack of depth at a couple different positions. 
because of the previous staff. It's not that they were recruiting bad players. It's just that they weren't recruiting enough at certain right. spots more than anything. Right. And because your previous receivers coach didn't know how to run a room, you know, lead a room, you know, if, if you've got Lorenzo Stott, or excuse me, Lawrence Keys on your roster right now, we're having a different conversation. If you never chased Xavier Watts off in the first place, we're having a different conversation. You know, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of things that go into this. I'm even talking about Jordan Johnson who, you know, that I, I don't, I don't put Jordan Johnson entirely on Notre Dame. Jordan Johnson kind of acted in a way where, you know, he left because of his own actions too. It's not all on, on Dell Alexander. Lawrence Keyes is uh, flat out. He is Kendra Labra Rahman is uh, Lawrence Keyes is Xavier Watts is that's, you know, Jay Brunel is those are all guys that could give you good depth right now. Mm-hmm. Some could play Lawrence Keyes can help you right now. Yeah. Right, you lose Avery Davis. Oh, that's a bummer. What are we gonna do? <laughs> Put Lawrence Keys in there. The <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are just the different things that you look at and you say, "Boy, man, you know, Jay Brunel. Maybe he's not playing this year, but you know, he could provide some depth. He could give you a good look. He could be a you know good player that could maybe step in and give you some snaps in the game. So those are the different things you look at and say, "This is this is why we were so hard on him." Is this right here? You know, where would Notre Dame be right now if they also still had C.J. Williams? Yeah, Hey, you know what? C.J. got to throw, throw him in the game. He's an advanced kid. He's not a burner. He's not dynamic, but he's an advanced kid that knows how to play the game of football. He might be able to give you some slot reps right now. There you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And that's just kind of where you are. And and that's the frustrating thing about this, all of this, is, you, you know, you shouldn't be in this situation. And that's what Marcus Freeman and his staff need to fix. Going back to recruiting is you got to get the numbers right. You know, this is why, why are they taking this kid? They already, already, you know, why, why are they taking a the fifth receiver when they, they've already got four? Oh, this is why this is it right here. You know, why are they, why are they going for a fifth defensive lineman when they've already got all these other guys? Well, this is it right there. You know, you keep, you, you keep filling up, you keep going after talented players because you never know. You never know where you're going to be. So that's going to do it for this portion of the show, Ryan. We're going to have a mailbag coming up next. We've started a few, a few questions. We're going to go through and find some more to star. You can throw more questions in uh, as we go through this. But before we head to the mailbag, I uh, want to remind you all to please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit that notification bell, share this podcast, sign up for the message board. I was actually encouraged last night, Ryan. We had some people that left the message board last night, a couple people that left by my choice, not theirs. Uh, that, uh, uh, you know, when this stuff happens in the past and other places I've been, you always see a mass exodus after really big news happens, losses, big, we actually gained more subscribers yesterday than we lost. And this is after the Keon thing. So if you look at like to now we've, we've gained more than we've lost, which says a lot about, uh, I think the community that we're building and, and people wanting to stick around and all that kind of stuff. So I was very happy to see that. Was, Cause I think I told you last night, like, well, we're going to have some people leave. That's just the way that it goes. And we had some and, and I get it. it. It is what it is, but uh, we, we've had more people sign up since then than we've had lose, which is a, I think a great sign. So we will get to, uh, we will get to questions here in a minute, but I want to thank all of y'all for that. Uh, we had some people freaking out a little bit last night, but there was also a lot of really good back and forth discussion on the board as well. And I'll be honest, the chat was a little better today than I anticipated. So I, I appreciate there was not a lot of people taking shots at Keon, which I respect and appreciate. And doesn't mean you have to be happy about it. Doesn't mean, mean you have to think he did the right thing or whatever the case may be. But, you know, I was happy to see how how people handled it. So, but it is disappointing. I mean, I still remember Keon jumping in our chat when he committed, how excited he was, you know, to be part of Notre Dame. And now you see him bail. It's, it's a, it's a bummer and we can be bummed, but Notre Dame will continue to power forward and, 
this recruiting class is still really, really good and will continue to grow and get better. Yeah. Well, Brian doesn't like a lot of my actions, but he still loves me. So <laughs> that's not true. It's not true. <laughs> Which part? Yeah. This is what the guy's talking about. Like they say, say things, say things that you know, I'm going to have to respond to. It's like my son. I'm like, Oh man. It's like, Ryan's like my, my teenage son. Who's just saying things just to, just to needle me. I'm your 30 year old yeah, son. You're my 30 year old son. <laughs> hey, you know, some people have kids at 14, you know, that might, that might've been happen. me. Uh, no, that would not have been me. Uh, anyway, so before we go off the rails too much, thanks everybody for being a part of the first part of this show. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.